Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I just had, seconds before we started recording, the most disappointing, like, false start sneeze that I can remember, like, in, in recent memory. It was like right there, and I was like, my elbow was cocked and ready to like vampire cover it up. <laughs> and I was already thinking about like what my day was going to be like after this one. After this sneeze? After this one, what was going to be a pretty, pretty righteous sneeze came out. But now, you know, it sucks. It's like right, it's right behind yeah. the nostril now. It's like it could jump out at any second. Oh, are we going to leave it in just so the listeners know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be pretty happy and excited when it finally comes out. And I want our listeners to like share that with me. You can't share COVID over a, a podcast application. Not that you have COVID, Griffin. No, but it's better to be safe, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is a show where we talk about, th- it's gonna kill me. This is a show where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I might go and neti pot just to like get that sneeze out just to push the sneeze back in for oh. 30 minutes so we can record our, <laughs> our loving podcast together um so shall we talk about things we like things that we're into getting into that holiday season yeah a lot of stuff back to back for us we got henry's birthday and thanksgiving and then hanukkah starts pretty soon yeah and hanukkah yeah it's uh things are and then our anniversary and then our anniversary i hadn't thought about that either it's okay norm b thank god <laughs> it's only a problem if one of us forgets. That <laughs> yes, coming up. true. We have to be on the same page. Yeah, um, yeah. Special, special days. You have a small uh, one of the small wonders. Um, I am gonna say Old Bay. Old Bay. Have we talked about Old Bay. I think so. I was at the grocery store and I realized how brand loyal I was when I looked at the shelves and saw a lot of Creole and Cajun seasoning, but did not see Old Bay. Huh. And thought, well, forget it. Yeah, I guess I'm not going to buy anything. Uh, we have some in, in the pantry. Don't worry. It's just it's not entirely full. And I don't know how much of that bad boy I'm going to use. But well, I, you're playing on a low country boil, yes? Well, I don't even want to call it that because it's, it's going to be real DIY, you yeah. know? Because okay. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kind of back into it and see if what comes out is defined as low country boil. Maybe you could call it a big city boil. Oh, I like that. I do like that also. All the little potatoes have like little earbuds in. Yeah. yeah. Ear spuds, ear spuds. Ear spuds. Oh, <laughs> honey. That's so good. <laughs> um, I'm go- This may be confusing to you because I, I uh, decried the television program when it first came out. But I'm going to say Cowboy Bebop, the live action version of it that's on Netflix. I'm about, really? Well, I'm about four or five episodes into it now. And I've reached like the acceptance stage of uh sort of grief with it because it is not as good as the as the anime was but also i'm now convinced that there wasn't going to be a good way to like live ad- action adaptate that particular like thing adapt adapt <laughs> yeah it's another version of saying that <laughs> there wasn't a version a live action version of it that like was truly faithful to the anime and good at the same time yeah so instead they made a show that is not super faithful to the anime in tone and in certain cases like character stuff but it is if you turn off that part of your brain it's pretty it's a pretty that's what i was wondering like if somebody like me who is not especially familiar with the animated version like rolled up would i think it was perfectly fine that's tough too right because the show has some like flaws like it 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 uh the fight choreography is like 
like kind of clunky and slow, which oh. in, in the anime was like fucking rad at, well. at that specifically. Well, I know, but there's ways of doing it better than, than yeah. it happens in the show. There's like little stuff like that that I think if you came into it fresh without that nostalgia like entirely, it would still be kind of hit or miss. But I think if you are reminiscing about the show and you're willing to put up with something that is not exactly like on on point with it uh it's a fun ride i've been enjoying it because gus has been waking up many times a night over the last week and so that's when i've been uh, uh diving in so yeah if you want to watch something with a baby on your lap at two in the morning <laughs> this is the show for you do you want to do your first thing yeah by which i mean your only thing we're always going to say that huh yeah uh, it is a trip to the poetry corner. Come on and take a free ride to the poetry corner. Oh, I like that. Yeah, me too. Getting a, getting a rebrand on this corner. Edgar Winter Group had so many fucking slappers. I don't know how I haven't done that on the show, but he did free ride. He did Frankenstein. That jump, jump, and living to die, a lot of jams. Anyway, poets. Poets. <laughs> uh, this is a poet that is is new to me, uh, and I'm guessing will be new to you. It Wouldn't is, it be fucked up if it wasn't I new know, to right? me? And you were like, you did my whole segment for uh-huh. me? Nick Flynn. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. The antagonist okay. hero from, okay. Tang- from Tangled. Oh. Yeah. Or the fox, <laughs> the, the silly fox from Zootopia. You know, I will tell you that he has written a memoir that turned into a film called Being Flynn that I have not seen, but stars uh, Robert De Niro, Paul Dano, and Julianne Moore. Huh. Doesn't that sound like That's like Oscar name. bait if yeah. you've ever heard it? Um, Did you say in like Flint? No. no okay. Being Flynn. Okay. That's a different one. Go ahead. <laughs> so Nick Flynn, born in Massachusetts, uh, debuted his first poetry collection in 2000. 2000. I was going to say 2000. Wow. Pretty... Uh... Hot off the presses stuff, and then I realized that that was a 21 fucking years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. He has had like a very, I mean, you can understand perhaps why he has written multiple memoirs, because <laughs> uh, he has had a very challenging life. And and the whole story of being Flynn is that he was working in a Boston shelter as a social worker and a man came in that was, in fact, his dad, uh, that he had not had a relationship what? with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when Do you he, think when people heard about that, when he was like, how was your day, Nick? And they told, he was like, yeah, my, my dad came in and, you know, somebody was like, I would like to option the film rights. By the way, right now. The, the memoir that Bean Flynn is based on, the title, it, it sounds familiar to me, but probably because the first time I heard it, it was so incredible. The memoir is titled Another Bullshit Night in Suck City. That's good. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, so so Nick Flynn, I feel like has kind of a like a Dave Eggers quality. Hey. Uh, now. Which Ooh. made me think that you might like him. Um, because he kind of ping pongs back and forth between like real, like deep, like kind of sadness and then like really, really funny. So I wanted to read two poems. <gasps> One that kind of swings on the sad side and one that swings on the funny side. All right. As long as it swings, you know me. <laughs> Do you have a preference as to which one I read first? Uh, the swingingest one you got, cool cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll read the funny one. Then. Do you like jazz, Rachel? <laughs> Are you going to tell me about jazz? 
<laughs> no, this is just my new character. It's a character I've been doing a lot lately. Do you like called, jazz? Do you like jazz? <laughs> do you have anything to follow that, or is that the whole character? It, uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Nobody ever really wants to know more about that guy, you know? <laughs> uh, so before I read this poem, just some background on Nick Flynn. Uh, he splits his time between Houston and Brooklyn, New York, and he teaches creative writing at the University of Houston. So this poem is called 47 Minutes. Years later, I'm standing before a room full of young writers in a high school in Texas. I've asked them to locate an image in a poem we just read. Their heads at this moment are bowed to the page. After some back and forth about the grass and styrofoam cup, a girl raises her hand and asks, does it matter? I smile. It is as if the universe balanced on those three words and we've landed in the unanswerable. I have to admit that no, it doesn't not really matter if rain is an image or rain is an idea or rain is a sound in our heads. But, I whisper, leaning in close, to get through the next 47 minutes, we might have to pretend it does. <laughs> so, so charming. Yeah. I imagine it hits even harder if you went and did a lot of poetry school things. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I I don't, I don't actually know if the student's intent was to kind of draw into question, like, the whole lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's so easy to do when, yeah. you, when you are in any kind of literature class to be like, hey, what does this matter? <laughs> it's like, well, no, I mean, not really, not actually, no. Guys, we should be learning, like, math and engineering, don't you think? <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, okay, so now the sad poem. Oh, man. Uh, so just a content warning, this is about kind of a, a sudden tragic loss of somebody you care about. Okay. Uh, and it, the poem is in fact called Sudden. If it had been a heart attack, the newspaper might have used the word massive, as if a mountain range had opened inside her. But instead, it used the word suddenly, a light coming on in an empty room. The telephone fell from my shoulder a black parrot repeating something happened, something awful. A Sunday, dusky. If it had been terminal, we could have cradled her as she grew smaller, wiped her mouth, said goodbye. But it was sudden. How overnight we could be orphaned, and the world become a bell we'd crawl inside, and the ringing all we'd eat. Fuck. Right. I can't read that last part without just like feeling it in my whole body. I know. <laughs> It's devastating. Yeah. It's, a, it's a devastating poem. And I mean, as I mentioned, you know, the poet is somebody who has suffered a lot of a lot of loss that I won't necessarily get into. But uh, I think to swing from 47 minutes, which is this kind of like lighthearted poem cheeky. about so, so. like teaching a creative writing class to like this poem about like extreme loss uh, just kind of speaks to the the like the range and ability of this poet. Yeah. Uh, but he made me sad, so yeah. <laughs> I will never forgive him. Sorry about that. <laughs> or you, I guess, by extension, yeah. Um, yeah, this this is a guy that has, has not just written poets and memoirs, as I have mentioned. He is also a playwright. Uh, so he, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty incredible. His first poetry collection came out when he was 40 years old. Wow. Uh, so I, I, it's again, it's just kind of a reminder of like, you are only limited by, by your own ambition, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and maybe talent. And grit. (laughs) Gotta be tough as nails to be a poet in this economy. So yeah, check out Nick Flynn. Hey, can I steal you away? Yeah. Yeah. 
it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? Is <laughs> factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Oh, we have a couple bubble boys here. Yeah, can I read this one? It'll be confusing. Yes, yes, yes. This message is for Brian. It is from Rachel. What the hell? (laughs) Hi, boo-boo. My heart can't contain how much I love you and our whole Penguin family. This isn't for me. No, no. Coming home to you is my favorite part of the day, and you make me laugh and smile like no one else can. Thank you for being an absolute joy and the light of my life. Also, I love your butt. Love Rachie, Benny, Bailey, Sheepy, and the Pengus. It's still, it still cuts deep. <laughs> if your name is Rachel, please no longer send Jumbotrons in. And if you do, make them very platonic. <laughs> Baby, you know, you know your butt is, is the only one. Is the only butt. I and love. also, we don't have penguins, so to speak. So I, I think, I think, I think we're in the clear here. Uh, here's another message. This one is for Sarah from Zeus, who says, "Happy birthday, Sarah! I'm so glad we became friends, and that I finally listened to your advice to add wonderful to my McElroy rotation. You're just like the pod: positive, delightful, funny, and a joy to be around. I can't wait for you to call me crying because your two favorite people, not including me, wish you a happy B day. I love you so much, Julia." 
Wow. Wow. This was supposed to be close to October 12th, so sorry about that. Oh, we we did not do that good, huh? Yeah. Dang it. But I'm sure they've been listening anxiously this whole time, and, and now they're just exploding with, with joy. I don't know. This podcast more has more of like a spring-summer energy. And oh, so, yeah? <laughs> yeah, the audience falls right off in the fall, early winter, so... I feel like you'd you'd need some joy in the winter, though. Yeah, but it's, you know, we have more party energy. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. People always say that about us. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. It's the Thanksgiving season, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you, the members of Maximum Fun. This Max Fun Drive, your generosity and your love of pins helped us raise over $90,000 to help bridge the digital divide. Families without internet access struggle to do things that the rest of us might take for granted, especially during COVID. Going to school, applying for jobs, finding medical care. Your donations help the nonprofit Everyone On. They provide equipment, services, and training to get people online so they can access opportunity. You can find out more about the great work Everyone On does at everyoneon.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Everyone On. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. Sorry, mentioning Tough as Nails wants me to like pivot from the segment I was going to do to talk about the new CBS reality show, Tough as Nails, oh, <laughs> that we see commercials for while we're watching Survivor. Any, anytime we see a preview for that, we're like, who is this for? And Griffin universally says dads. It's the host of Amazing Race, whose name is... Phil. Phil. Ke- Keegan? Something like that. And the contest, as far as I can tell, is just a lot of, like... <laughs> manual manual labor which is which is certainly uh, y- you know a an incredibly noble and necessary thing but it's like for this challenge you're going to carry these chairs up 10 flights of stairs and it's like uh yeah it's not even uh, like they um, haven't gamified it they're just doing we're, errands we're guessing this from the commercials because we <laughs> haven't watched the show but like every time we watch it he's like drive a hundred nails into this boat and it's like I think uh, the thing that is alarming to me is that the tasks are more practical than that. And so it just makes me think that they have invited people to be on a reality show to do like task rabbit projects. Yeah. Because it's just like, hey, get all this stuff from the first floor up to the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. And thanks. And some <laughs> like, you know, big bearded business owner walks up to Phil and is like, all right, here's your $200. And he's like, I'm going to divvy this up. Who's <laughs> the winners? Okay, anyway, no, my thing this week, and it's going to sound like one of those things that like I ran out of time to come up with something, and so I just made up some bullshit, but I promise it's not. It's going to the optometrist. Oh, yeah. See, you know, we talked about this recently because Griffin and I are both overdue for the dentist, and the other day Griffin was like, I'm going to go to the optometrist, and I was like, huh, I never think of doing that. I go like once every three years. My optometrist gave me a hard time because it's been like two and a half years since I went, Um because of COVID, and I wasn't really prioritizing right. that. And she was like, yeah, we've, we've heard that a lot. And I was like, it's also true of the dentist. And she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have not been to the dentist in a while. Okay, so, um, yeah, going to the optometrist rules for so many reasons. I've, all, I've been wearing glasses since, like, maybe junior year of high school. Uh, because, like, I noticed that I couldn't see the whiteboard 
as well anymore. Uh, and so I went to the optometrist and got my first pair of glasses and was like, oh, yeah, I like I like these. I like yeah, how these look on me. Griffin made the point, and it's true, like his face was almost missing glasses. Mm-hmm. And then once they connected those two pieces, it was like, oh, yeah. well, this is how I'm supposed to look. So I want to break down what it is that I like about the optometrist. Okay. Because I went last week and I felt like I had just gotten back from a day at the spa. It was. I'm curious amazing. about this because I don't particularly enjoy it. I mean, like I enjoy like getting the right answers on like, you know, which way an E is facing. But exactly. Like, That's okay. a huge <laughs> okay. one for me. That's a huge one for okay. me. This time I went in and you keep your glasses on if you already have glasses. They're like, all right, read the letter chart and see which row you can read. And I just read off that bottom line like, I was, like I was reading a fucking billboard. <laughs> and they're like, wow, amazing. You have like, the right glasses. Yeah, they're more or less. <laughs> yeah, my prescription did not change that much despite the fact that it is a two and a half year old prescription, which is kind of wild because my eye- eyesight has been... I would say degenerating uh, pretty reliably year over year, but yeah. it's holding steady now, which I appreciate. Um, all the tests that they run on those peepers to make sure they're doing okay, I kind of enjoy because they are so um, novel. It's kind of like a when you work out and it hurts, but you know, like I'm gonna come out strong. That satisfaction of like, yeah, I'm stronger now. I get that from optometrist tests. <laughs> um, do you have like a particularly chill optometrist? I have an incredibly chill optometrist. That may help too. For I, me, I, it feels very high stakes. Like I feel like kind of like nervous and edgy. The uh, tests are usually administered by like, you know, a, an assistant or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the one where they shine like the super, super, super bright light in your eyes and makes your eyes water like uh, uh, this is gonna make me sound like i'm a, <laughs> yeah, this a masochist is like your, your weird thing maybe uh but don't yuck my yums uh <laughs> the one where you have to like look into the little like viewfinder the little virtual boy looking thing yeah. to like and you see like a barn in the background and it like focuses oh, that's good shit <laughs> uh the one where they do the tiny little p- puff of air right in oh. your eyes i Gosh, like it. this is weird i kind of <laughs> like it because it's like scary I don't like, like my my eyes water a little bit, but then when it's done, I'm like, "Ooh, okay, that one's over." <laughs> it's kind of like fun, like a uh, roller coaster. <laughs> you get off a roller coaster, and you're like, "Ooh, that was scary," but it's next done time, now. next time you and I are uh, intimate. Oh, you're gonna just blow in my eye. I'm gonna really blow fast. in your eye and take a big flashlight <laughs> and just hold it like an inch from your face. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about that after the okay, recording. Okay. Okay. Um, the one I don't care for as much is the field of vision test because I am partially yeah. partially blind in my left eye. And so I always say something to the person administering the test like, hey, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know I about this. I don't want you to be alarmed and think <laughs> that you've discovered some thing that you're yeah. going to have to break news to me. Uh, I'm going to fuck up the left eye part. So just <laughs> just so you know that. I always do that when I get a massage. I'm like, hey, my back is real messed up and I know that it is. Yeah. Just so you don't get confused when you're in there. Yeah, you don't want them to be rubbing your back and be like, holy shit, (laughs) did you know about this? Jeff, get in here. Get in here. (laughs) Uh, The field of vision test, because I do it with my right eye, and when you do it with a a, perfectly healthy eye, then it's like, I'm looking for these little blips, these little blips of light. Oh, there's one, there's one. Yeah, blip, yeah, got it, I'm crushing it, I'm crushing it. But then when you do it with your cool, partially blind eye, and you don't catch a blip, you're like, wait a minute. Was that in my blind spot or did I just not see it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, also, that test sort of reveals whether or not your blind spot is getting worse. So the yeah. stakes are about as high as they can be. That said, it is because of a field of vision test that I discovered I was partially exactly. blind in my left eye in the first place. Yeah. So I guess that test can, I, I guess it can hang. Um, 
the next thing. Sometimes they dilate your eyes. And that kind of I've I've, I've never had that done. Um yeah, they put drops, they put numbing drops in your eyes first, which hurt a lot, which seems funny. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the dilating drops like hurt extra bad and so they want to save you from that. But then they put in the dilating drops and then your eyes open up like the 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 pupils dilate so huge that you look like you're like an oracle, like mid hallucinogenic like prophecy or something like that. Uh, and then, you know, they do the test and then you get the super, super rad, like folding black plastic, neo-futuristic, like sunglasses. Uh-huh. Uh, and those always look so cool. I wish I, I was better about just holding on to those. So if I go out to, on like a night on the town, <laughs> I can wear them like I'm in fucking craft work or something. Um, and then of course the best thing is you get new glasses baby yeah i know that you like that part i depending on who the sponsors of our shows are at any given time (laughs) i usually only have one pair of glasses at a time so when i make that choice it is i agonize over it i don't agonize over it i enjoy it a great deal i just spend a lot of time at the optometrist because mine sells pretty good collection of glasses or go to the you know glasses when i was i don't know if this happened to you this time but the last time i went There was a woman there who was almost like a consultant. Like she followed me around and she's like, oh, those look really good. Oh, you know what we should try? We should try this. And I felt like I had my own little personal shopper, you know, and I was just like, wow, okay. um, What about these woman whose name I don't know? Yeah, (laughs) it's fun. I like that. I I usually get mine at the optometrist, but I did go to a, a, a shop here in Austin once and I was followed around by uh, by an older woman who was just like, no, 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 try these. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is, I've never had this sort of treatment before. But those were but those were my Randy Jackson glasses that yeah. I got. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a time capsule! <laughs> what a time capsule! I wore Randy Jackson branded glasses for a long. They were time. great. They, they were, were fucking excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like from a corrective standpoint, I cannot get over putting on a new pair of glasses, especially when there's like a jump in my prescription and then I can see through time and space. Yeah, that is cool. It's really cool. It Like I can't, it boggles my mind for like weeks, especially if they get a little bit dirty and then I clean them and I'm like, oh shit, that's right. I'm Superman now. Um, I really, really like that. They say you're supposed to ease into it, like not wear them all yeah. the time because they'll give you a headache, but I can't. Once I pop, I just can't stop <laughs> wearing those beauties. But it's mostly the style, like choosing a new style that is so thrilling because it is such a it's on your fucking face. Like it's a huge part of your aesthetic. Yeah. Um, And since I only usually have one pair of glasses at a time, it's like a permanent like, hey, this is what you got for the next year. Maybe if you're being good about going to the optometrist. I think you and I, though, like we uh, subscribe to having one pair of glasses when we really don't actually have to live that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I could I could uh, I could prue it up. Yeah. Get a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of bold a bunch of bold stuff. uh, Yeah. Um, But I know you're not like a like a peacock necessarily when it comes to your face. Yeah, I'm not like a hype beast for glasses. (laughs) As fun as that would be. I could live that life if I wanted to, but um, I don't color coordinate my shit nearly enough to make that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know. I just got a new pair of glasses. I really like them. I keep like catching glimpses of myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, that's right. I look different now. Yeah. Great. These are cool. Uh, so, you know, small pleasures, but yeah. it's, something, it's something that I really look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I talk a lot about your pretty eyes, uh, but I feel like these, these glasses. Are like fr- these are frames. 
like for the art of my eyes. Is that why they're called frames? That is why they're called frames. Wow. Yeah. Man, the world <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> thank, you, thank you to Bo and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And um, thank, thanks, Maximum Fun, for having us on the network. Uh, you can check out all their shows at MaximumFun.org. And uh, hey, guess what? Tomorrow is uh, is American Thanksgiving, and that Uh-oh. means there's a new episode of Till Death Do Us Blart, the uh, infinite podcast that I do with my brothers and my New Zealand brothers, uh, Tim and Guy <laughs> from The Worst Idea of All Time. Uh, and we do one episode a year on Thanksgiving where we do discuss our recent viewing of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Yeah, I'm and so excited. Just here's, the, here's a question I have as a listener of that podcast. Mm-hmm. Do any of you review previous episodes before you... Uh, I don't. Okay. I'm a, I'm a very busy man. <laughs> I'm just curious because I have to imagine you are making the same joke a lot of times. And not realizing it. And yeah. or noticing the same things over and over again. I like to think we get a new angle on it every year my angle this year was in the midst of a pretty serious depressive episode and (laughs) at the end of the my view was not great and at the end of the podcast tim is like hey griffin are you you doing okay so there's a little sneak preview for how i approached the film uh yeah it's a good time it's a fun time for friends and yeah i think that's it yeah i think that's about it thank you all for listening thank you for Sharing your life with us. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being there. Thank you for, for uh, signing up for a Jumbotron that has now closed. Yeah. But hopefully we'll be reading your message on the air. Yeah. Very soon, Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer and Derek. And Lawrence. And a second different Lawrence. <laughs> Another Lawrence. <laughs> oh, we did not forget about you, Daniel. <laughs> D- Daniel? Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a tough one. It's like Daniel and Samuel kind of like sm- ran at each other really fast and smashed and traded parts of names. You know, Daniel. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Do you sometimes wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built Starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley, but when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but 
we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, but just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. Season four of Star Trek Discovery is here, so listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.